Hello everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the World Leather Podcast. In this episode, we are going to analyze one of the most important news stories going on right now in the luxury leather goods industry. We'll sum up what has happened so far and try to explain what it all means. I'm Associate Editor Sherry Shallard, and we are talking today about the on-again, off-again acquisition of Tiffany by Paris-based luxury group LVMH. I'm joined by Deputy Editor Claire Granger, Technical Editor Matt Abbott, and by Editor Stephen Tierney. Claire, let's start by offering a brief summary of what has happened so far. Well, a very brief summary could be this. Tiffany, which is best known for jewellery, although it produces leather goods as well, reported on October the 28th last year an unsolicited proposal from LVMH. Less than a month later, on November 25th, the two companies said they'd reached an agreement for LVMH to make the acquisition at a price that valued Tiffany at $16.2 billion. Tiffany shareholders voted on February 2nd to accept the offer. It was, of course, subject to regulatory approval, but both parties said they were confident of being able to complete the deal by the middle of 2020, and soon we learned that August the 24th was the target date. Then COVID happened, and everyone went into lockdown. We can pick the story back up again in early June. There were reports then that members of the LVMH board had begun to express doubts about the wisdom of following through on the Tiffany deal because of a reported 15% fall in the value of Tiffany shares. It looked to some commentators that LVMH's aim was perhaps to renegotiate the price of the deal, but not to cancel it. The June discussions attracted a lot of attention, though. The Financial Times said at the time that it sent shockwaves through the world of merger arbitrage management, largely because of what the FT called a mergers and acquisition famine in the months since COVID-19 hit. Anyway, August the 24th came and went, and the two companies announced that they had extended the deadline to November the 24th. Thanks, Claire. That's great. Matt, let me turn to you. Can you sum up what has happened since then? And do you think the acquisition will conclude in November? It looks very unlikely at the moment. In early September, we had what, in many people's eyes, has been the most surprising development of all. LVMH said it had received a letter dated September the 9th from no less a person than France's Minister for Foreign Affairs. The letter instructed uh, the Paris-based luxury group to postpone its proposed acquisition of New York-based Tiffany until 2021. There is an important backstory here, but we can come back to that later. Based on this letter, though, LVMH said it would not be able to complete the Tiffany deal as it stood. This was when the courts became involved. Tiffany moved to sue LVMH for failing to secure regulatory approval for the deal in time. Um, LVMH filed a lawsuit of its own uh, because of the way Tiffany's board and management had handled the COVID-19 crisis. Tiffany wanted a full hearing to take place quickly so that there was still a chance of meeting that November the 24th deadline. It received mixed news at an initial hearing in Delaware on September the 21st. The court said there can be a full hearing, but not until January. LVMH welcomed the decision more than Tiffany. Fast forward to the very end of September, and the courts in Delaware were busy again, this time with the LVMH countersuit. What was interesting in this was that LVMH made public some of its complaints about the way that Tiffany had conducted its business since LVMH had agreed to invest the 16.2 billion in the business. It said the Tiffany management team 
had made the situation imposed by the pandemic worse by, quote, paying the highest possible dividends whilst the business was burning cash and reporting losses. And LVMH claimed that no other luxury company had done this during the crisis. It's also said that while Tiffany team had exerted exemptions or what it called carve-outs into the deal that took into account possible impacts on its business from events such as the social unrest in Hong Kong and cyber attacks, it did not think to ask for an exemption. I suppose we mean here an exemption from responsibility for a downturn in results in the event of a public health crisis. And what happened just a month or two after signing the deal? One of the biggest public health crises in living memory. Now, LVMH said not to include a carve-out for a public health crisis was unusual. It said hundreds of other merger agreements contain carve-outs specifically for this. It went on to say that it wasn't just remiss of Tiffany's top management to have missed this. It said this constituted a material adverse effect, which means the terms under which it agreed to acquire Tiffany no longer apply. Hmm. Okay, thanks, Matt. That's really interesting. So, Stephen... Matt mentioned some backstory relating to the intervention of the French Minister for Foreign Affairs. How did the French government come to be involved? Well, a remarkable ton of events. This minister's full title is uh, Minister for Europe and Foreign Affairs. His name is Jean-Yves Le Drillon. His intervention in this affair was unusual to say the least. What we know for certain is that, as Matt mentioned, LVMH said in a press release that it had received a letter signed by Mr Le Drillon and dated September the 9th, directing it to hold off on completing the Tiffany deal. This is so unusual that plenty of people in France commenting on this on social media said they didn't believe it had happened. But going by what LVMH has said, It has included mention of the minister's intervention in the papers it has submitted to the courts. I can also tell you that it received attention in the French parliament. A politician brought up the letter and asked, what does this have to do with the French government? Reports of that exchange sum up Mr Le Drillon's response as being along the lines of, nothing to see here. Speculation continues then. There are three, possibly four, schools of thought, not counting those who insist the letter doesn't exist. The first is that LVMH asked Mr Le Drillon to send the letter as a favour to help it extricate itself from a deal that it no longer wants to do. The Reuters Bureau in Paris has had a definitive denial from the luxury group that this happened. The second is that Jean-Yves Le Drillon decided to intervene as a way of applying some pressure, not to Tiffany's, but to the US government, with whom France is engaged in an ongoing trade dispute. France announced that it would impose a new digital service tax of 3% on US companies, including Google, Apple, Facebook and Amazon. The argument is that these companies have little physical presence in France and that this has allowed them to avoid paying the same rates of tax there as other consumer-facing companies have to pay. In response to that, 
the US Trade Representative has announced retaliatory increases in import duties on a wide range of products made in France, including, yes, luxury leather handbags. After back and forth discussions and delays, the US Trade Representative gave notice this summer that the additional tariffs, which will increase duties on some of these products to 25% on being imported into the US, would apply from January the 6th. Now, in his letter, according to the LVMH press release, Jean-Yves Le Drian asked the group not to complete the Tiffany deal until after, you've guessed it, January the 6th. So there appears to be something in this theory. However, school of thought number three is that it wasn't Mr Le Drian who decided to apply this pressure to the US, but France's president, Emmanuel Macron. And it was at Mr Macron's request, this theory goes, that Mr Le Drian signed and sent the letter. A fourth possibility is that LVMH and the French government agreed that they each had something to gain by taking a hard line on the Tiffany acquisition. So, in summary, the deal, I suppose, could still happen, but it's unlikely to be at that original price of $16.2 billion. It seems impossible now that it can be concluded by the November the 24th deadline, and with animosity building up in parallel with all the court dates, I would say there is a good chance it won't happen at all. Okay, well, all right. Thank you very much, Stephen. Well, I guess for now, we just wait and see how the rest of the saga unfolds. Well, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thanks and goodbye from me, Sherry Shallard, and from the whole World Leather team. Until next time. Thank you.